Today's guest on the podcast is Joyce Shulman. She's the founder and CEO of Macaroni Kid and the new movement 99 Walks. She reaches millions of moms each month with her hyper-focused local newsletters and e-newsletters and social media content. She's created a -a one-of-a-kind digital content platform, and she connects families to the wonders of their own communities. And I met Joyce a couple of years ago, I guess it's been, um, up in Montauk. I was speaking at one of their events, and it was such a magical time for me personally for many reasons, but just to connect with all of those moms and women. And um, I just, I've grown to love Joyce over the years, and her husband, Eric, is awesome, and he's a CrossFitter. And so they're just great people, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Joyce and definitely follow her and all that she's got going on. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is Joyce Shulman. Is that correct? (laughs) That's correct. Hi, Joyce. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. So what's going on? Where You're up in New York, right? I am in New York, and spring is finally suggesting that it might be arriving. The sun is shining, though it's still really chilly out, but it has that that spring kind of light to the air. Yeah, like it's for real. I think it's for real. <laughs> See, I thought that too. We're here in Kansas, and Saturday there were snow flurries. I mean... <laughs> We've been known to get snow in April. Last yeah. weekend, I suggested to my husband that we put out the outdoor furniture, and he looked like he looked at me like I was crazy, you know, just asking to tempt fate. <laughs> well, I just love you, too. I, I met, when did we meet? Oh, my gosh. It was, what, 2017? Is it two years ago? Uh, maybe three. Oh, my gosh. But I just love you, too. You're so fun. So let's talk a little bit about how you became... Matt Kid Mama Bear, I believe, and he's what is his uh, Instagram? He's uh, Macaroni Dad. Macaroni Dad. Okay, so let's talk about macaroni and 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 how that became. Uh, sure. So about uh, twelve years ago, Eric and I were running an alternative and out of home media company. I had two young kids at the time, and I just uh, was watching the rise in the delivery of niche, super focused content via e newsletter, which at the time was something very, very new and uh, not unheard of, but very new. And at the same time, I was raising my kids in a community that offers a ton of amazing programming for kids and families. And what I was seeing is that these organizations and these not-for-profits and even these small businesses that were providing these great opportunities for kids and families weren't quite as good at getting the word out uh, to the families that needed it, to the moms in particular. And people would say to me, hey, I can't believe you missed that great event at SYS last Sunday. And I thought, oh, that's the perfect thing for me and my kids. And I didn't even know about it. So one day I just had the idea to create this very local newsletter, e-newsletter, really featuring everything happening in our local community for kids and families. And I really was just beta testing the idea. 
Yeah. Uh, and it, it did amazingly well in our community. And I thought, well, if it works here, it's bound to work elsewhere. So we uh, built a relatively large platform and we sold our existing business, then existing business to our, our partner then. Uh, and we launched Macaroni Kid. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so what's how many like how big is Macaroni Kid now? I mean, how many <laughs> outlets are you guys in? So uh, we currently publish about 560 local weekly editions across the U.S. and a handful up in Canada. Uh, We reach 3 million moms, 3 million families each month. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's what we do. 3 million. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on that success. 12 years, though. It's funny. I was reading reading something recently, and then everyone I seem to talk to lately has kind of had this 10-year time frame that it seems to take to really build something and for it to be successful. What do you think about the 10-year kind of time frame for for taking something from the beginning to seeing real success? It really does depend on on what you're doing. And so much attention is paid to the outliers, things that uh, that skyrocket very, very quickly. But I think there's so many pieces of that 10-year uh, concept because there's also it takes a long time to develop your own expertise. Mm-hmm. I could never have run Macaroni Kid as it is now 10 years ago or eight years ago. I had to develop my whole skill set to manage a, a beast this big. And that in <laughs> of itself took a lot of time. Sure. So there are so many different pieces of, of that 10 years. It's not just building it publicly. It's also developing your own personal abilities and skill to manage it in the way that stays true to your vision. So what have you learned? Like, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned that if you had been presented with a certain situation 10 years ago, you wouldn't have handled it as gracefully as you do now? Oh, there are, there are so many. Uh, one of the lessons that I continue to try to learn uh, is to say no to things that look interesting. I, I describe <laughs> myself as an idea junkie. Um, I love a new challenge. I love a new idea. Um, so I, be, developing the discipline, that's been a really, really big lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, learning when to say yes and when to say no. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So with 3 million moms, what have you learned about women in motherhood? This is, I was on your podcast, 99 Walks, a few weeks ago, or maybe it's been months, time's flying. But you mentioned, I think it was off air, that you were conducting some research and we're talking about that today. So the research is in with 3 million moms, and I don't know how big your pool is for this particular research, but you found out some pretty conclusive data about moms. Something that I've seen over and over and over again within the Macaroni Kid community is that moms are lonely. And that's Mm. just the reality of it. It's kind of a harsh reality. But I have I have very strong feelings about how we were meant to live, which uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure in a moment. But I had looked to see whether or not there was any research on moms, the state of mom as far as our well-being and our loneliness and our happiness. And I couldn't find anything. There is a study out of the UK 
that really focused on, on moms and loneliness, but I couldn't find anything in this country. So we did our own. As you said, we reached 3 million moms. So we reached out. Um, we had a sample size of 2,300 moms of preschool through middle school aged kids in the U.S. So that's a pretty focused group, and 2,300 is a pretty robust sample size. Um, what we learned, which didn't really come as a surprise to me, Meredith, but seeing it in black and white, uh, and seeing some of the comments that people shared, 72% of moms are lonely. And when we dug in a little bit deeper to explore whether or not they were making time to spend with their friends, whether or not they had friends, um, we found some very, frankly, disturbing kinds of feedback. There are so many moms out there who do not feel connected to their friends, who don't have time for friends. Um, or uh, moms who feel like they are just alienated from their community or the moms in their community. And I don't mean one or two, you know, uh, lonely moms who haven't been able to connect. I mean a pervasive feeling that they are not deeply connected with other women in their community. Wow. That doesn't surprise me either, but I, I can see what you mean to actually see that in the data. It's like, wow. Uh, uh, Yeah. So the the data, the 72%, and uh, there were about a dozen other questions we asked around this, but then we also asked a couple of open-ended questions. And really, uh, truthfully, it was heartbreaking to hear. Hmm. So who are the loneliest, the preschool age or the middle school moms? Um, Younger moms, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of us who have been there know that having a young child at home can be very isolating, uh, especially for moms who having a young child. Well, I shouldn't even say this, but uh, moms who have had a real shift in their personal identity, too. But then you also get a lot of, a lot of loneliness, interestingly, from moms who are working as well, because yes. they feel disconnected from the moms in their community who have the flexibility to take walks during the day. And then they also feel disconnected from their work community because the whole social component that comes with their work identity, that's gone too because they're rushing home to be with their family. So working moms are getting it too. Stay-at-home moms are getting it. It's it's endemic to to all of us. Yeah. I mean, I was a working, like traditional working mom until about two years ago. And it's really interesting. Now I make my own schedule. I still work, but I I choose my own hours, but I still feel the tendency to be equally as isolated just for different reasons. And I have a whole new compassion for the full-time moms because essentially when you work for yourself, somehow I call myself a full-time working stay-at-home mom (laughs) right now because it's just that conglomerate of insanity that is running your own business and and being a stay-at-home mom. But I remember that loneliness and frantic feeling of being a working mom because of the reasons you just said. I mean, I, I was suddenly disconnected from my coworkers who didn't have children. And then you're the person that's leaving early because you have to go get your kids. And so you begin to feel as if you're losing respect at work. Um, whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting. So where did well well what what are your conclusions from this? Maybe we, we get to the conclusions and talk backwards from there. Um 
uh, the conclusions. The conclusions are we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a big part of the conclusion. The other piece of what we looked at, because with 99 Walks, which is our new mission to get moms, uh, get them up, get them connected, and get them walking together, the other piece of the puzzle, which you and I have talked about so much, is that so few moms are taking good care of themselves physically. Now, I believe, and I don't have the research to prove this at this moment, but I believe that these two things are intertwined. I think that we were meant to live in community. We were meant to be raising our children with our sisters and our aunties and the grandparents and the friends and the neighbors and that whole sense of community. And I think the isolation and this sense that we are supposed to be doing this on our own and we're supposed to be doing it perfectly, something that you talk about a a fair bit, um, is driving some really bad personal behaviors. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be able to drop our kids with the neighbor and go take a walk. We're supposed to be able to put the kids together in a in the, the stroller and go walk the neighborhood with our friends. We're supposed to be doing this together and we're not. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we should be able to run the kids next door and be like, I need a break and run back home, right? I mean, that's the way it was. If you just <laughs> right. go back and, you know, you look at all of human experience, you just go back a, a couple of hundred years, not even that. And our social structure was completely different the way we were raising our families. Mm-hmm. What's caused that it's shift? Too, what, what's going it's on? It's too hard to do this. Oh, you know, I, the Industrial Revolution, the American <laughs> dream, and I'm right. all about the American dream. But yeah. raising your kids by yourself at the end of a driveway in a big house behind a fence? That's <laughs> nuts. Yeah, that's true. So when I was a baby, I think I was two weeks old, um, I had febrile seizures um, up until age three, but I had my first one when I was a couple weeks old, and we lived in this little tiny neighborhood with teeny tiny houses, and my mom, I was her first, and she was home, and the first time she met our neighbor was scooping me up because I had turned blue, and she ran next Mm. door to bang on the door. And together, they obviously got me help. But that became, Gail was her neighbor, became one of her best friends forever. And we, and she had a little girl two weeks older than me. And so we, we grew up together on that street. And I would live at her house and she would live at my house, you know, and I think about how different that is for my kids. Even though we had a great neighborhood when we lived in Atlanta, it, it wasn't the same. It just, it was not the same. I mean, I'm sure if I had a blue baby, I could have knocked on any door. Right. But <laughs> it, it, you're right. It would have been a longer run. <laughs> it would have been a longer run. Yeah. For some reason, we want these, it's two things. We want these big, empty houses. Um, and we don't want to let other people know, especially other moms know, that we need help. And you know what? I'm I'm totally ready to raise my hand and say I need help. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we saying we need help? Why? Is it social media? Is it is it ego? Is it this feeling that we are independent women and we gained our independence and now we need to just do it all? Is it all of the above? <laughs> I, I- 
truthfully, I think it's all of the above. You know, my mom used to say something to me really interesting. And my mother is a very independent person. She always has been. Um, while she was mostly an at-home mom while I was growing up, she was also a professional dancer who would occasionally perform and would teach. And uh, anyway, my mom said to me many, many years ago, she said, I feel really bad for your generation. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, my generation worked really hard to throw out the rule book, but we never gave you guys a new rule book. We just mm. threw out what was there. And now you're all left to figure out how to make all of this work. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. right? It is. Yeah. So we need to make a new rule book. <laughs> Clearly we need to we make a, a new rule book. book. Um, you know, and to some extent, I, I do point to uh, mass media and this picture that's been painted for decades now of the perfect mom and what that looks like, the perfect family and what that looks like, the ideal that we're all supposed to be shooting for. And that ideal doesn't leave a whole lot of room for, hey, I need help. Yeah. Well, I know every time... I get the opportunity to talk about triathlon and why I started it. I always say as a joke, well, I started triathlon to get away from my kids. But it wasn't a joke because I needed a break. And and for right. some reason, people get so like shocked by that statement. And I want to go, wait a minute, you guys don't want to get away from your kids for like an hour. Because <laughs> that's all it yeah. was. I would get away for an hour and I would come back better. And to this day, my kids... Tell me, go work out because you are being a crab, you know, <laughs> and, and they know I come back better. But there's this feeling that we shouldn't ever leave our kids for, a, you know, a short period of time. Like you said, to go for a walk or to just, you know, go hide in the bathroom without little fingers coming under the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody needs that. You need uh, parenting. Momming is hard. Taking care of little people is hard. Do you think when there was more of a community that the women could sit around and say that? And maybe that oh, was absolutely. part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think that when we were living in that, that richer, more honest community, there was less, um, uh, you were, there was less show. There was less, um, there's a word I'm looking for that's flown out of my brain, but there was less facade. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. There was the, less this sense of uh, that you had to, um, you know, put on a little lipstick to go to pick up. Hmm. So what are you doing to create more community? Cause I know you are. We are. It's something that we've been working on in the Macaroni Kid uh, world for a decade now. Um, but for me personally, as for you, you know, it's funny you were saying that your kids will say, go work out because they know it makes you feel better. Um, well, I'm talking about both my parents today, but my dad, who's a retired coach, um, and just he's one of those guys who really knows people and knows kids. And I would come home from school, especially in high school, when days were sometimes challenging. And clearly there was something on my mind. And my dad would say, go for a run and then we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so we have created a new organization called 99 Walks. And as I said, we're on a mission to get moms, number one, connected, uh, and number two, moving. And I think if you can c- combine those things, get them moving together, uh, you can really make change. And we're seeing it. We started it, uh, the first week of January. We just today launched our spring challenge. So it's a one or three month challenge where we encourage women, moms predominantly, but we encourage them to either walk alone. But what we really want is teams of three and you can bring your team or we will add you to a team. Uh, And together we encourage a team of three to crush 99 miles during the month. Oh, that's awesome. What I love about you, Joyce, is you saw a need 12 years ago with Macaroni Kid for creating community and getting people closer and more involved in the activities. And and this is like Macaroni Kid Reborn in a way that you see the need for real interaction, not just, you know, you use the the web and social media as a way to get the message out, but you're actually making a call for in-person contact. In person or even by phone. So I'll tell yeah. you one of the one of the teams that I'm on, uh, which I just love. So I have two children. My daughter, my younger child, uh, is adopted. So we adopted her from China, and we traveled to China with about eight other families. So these are women, families, who adopted little girls from China who had been in an orphanage with my daughter, sharing cribs, sharing that experience. These families all shared the experience of traveling to China for about three weeks to complete their families. And two of the uh, women who I was close to while we were there, I haven't seen in 12 years. And we are now on a 99 Walks team together, and we connect uh, either by message, by email, and a couple of times we've scheduled times to walk together where we just get on a conference call and catch up. So one lives in Richmond, one lives in Spokane, Washington, so we're not actually physically in the same place, but we are definitely reconnecting in a magnificent kind of way with that shared experience we had. That's awesome. I was introduced to the Marco Polo app. Do you know this app? Sure. Yeah. I had a friend who's like, quit texting me and get Marco Polo. And I was like, I don't want to video message you. I look terrible. And but she was like, just get it. You're going to love it. And I end up downloading this and and it has enhanced my adult friendship relationships so much. And it obviously it's still electronic and I could probably use a hug in person. But I find (laughs) myself speaking face to face with my friends um, sometimes we're in the bathtub, just headshot only, but you know, it's like, we're just talking to each other, leaving messages, um, at a time that's convenient. And so I love what you're doing, tying in the action part, you know, the movement, because I believe so strongly, as you know, that movement is just the cornerstone for changing your life. hundred percent, hundred percent. So where do you where do you hope to see 99 walks? Like what is the, what is the vision in light of this research that you guys have done? A million moms walking together. Oh wow. That sounds that kind of gave me chills for a minute. <laughs> Cuz I, I mean I just think about how that would have changed me cuz I mean I didn't find triathlon until my kids were 2. But those first 2 years were really hard. 
really, yeah. really dark and hard. Yep. So yep. what does one million walking moms do? I mean, we change the world, right? We change the world. There is a philosophy that if you change a mom, you change a family. If you change a family, you can change a community. And if you can change, start changing communities, you can change the world. I love it. So how can people get involved? The website is 99walks.fit, F-I-T. Uh, so they can find us there. Find us on social media, hashtag uh, at 99walks, or hashtag 99walks, I should say. Um, and the, the social media has been fantastic from our existing members, and there's a lot more information uh, available on the site, 99walks.fit, that shares uh, how you get involved, what the different challenges look like, uh, what this month's theme and wearable inspiration is. So each month, if you complete your challenge, if you're a, a registered 99walks member, uh, and there is a pretty modest, but there is a modest membership fee. But if you complete your challenge, we uh, will send you a piece of jewelry inscribed with that month's, that month's theme. So for the month of April, the theme is Ignite. Oh, I like it. That's so great, Joyce. I love it. So I will have another question for you about this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So this podcast is called The Same 24 Hours. And what that mm -hmm. means is we all have the same 24 hours in our day, though, as a mom, it doesn't feel that way sometimes. No, nope. <laughs> we do all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do with those hours, whether it includes a walk or, you know, spending time with our kids. It's, it's what we do with those hours that makes a difference in our health and happiness and success. So what is something that you've added to your day that you do on a daily basis that really makes a difference in your overall health, happiness and success? Oh, I'm going to sound like such a cliche, Meredith. I'm so sorry you asked me that question. <laughs> um, but about a year ago, I started meditating. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. It's okay. Um, it's okay. 10 minutes a morning. I'm terrible at it, which just shows you how bad I am because meditation is supposed to be non-judgmental. And nevertheless, <laughs> I judge my meditation practice. I'm not very good at it. Um, I certainly don't do it every single day, but I would say certainly four or five days out of the week, I take 10 minutes to breathe. Yeah. No, I'm not going to mock you. I would have mocked you um, 30 <laughs> days ago. And because um, <laughs> probably 85% of all my podcast guests have said meditating and I've just refused. I mean, I, I would get angry about it. And then I had yep. Emily F Fletcher on. She's the founder of Ziva Meditation. And I actually haven't published her episode yet. It, it, actually, it'll probably be published by the time yours does. But um, anyway, I had her on the podcast and she pretty much shot me down, shot every excuse <laughs> that I had about why I won't meditate. And she, at the end of the, the recording, she said, I'm going to gift you my training course and I want you to do it. It's 15 days. And... I just have such tremendous respect for people when they write a book or create a program that, you know, if they're going to give it to me, I'm going to at least give it a college try. And I am here reporting that I think I'm on day 31 of twice a day meditation. How long each session? 15 minutes. So 30 minutes out of my day, which this is coming from someone who says, I do not have a second to spare. And I really feel that way. And I'm an unwilling meditator. Like, I'm not thrilled to do it. I'm still, like, really pissed off <laughs> yep. that I'm doing it. But I can tell you it has made a huge difference in my world in the last month. Huge. I can't, 
I can't imagine I could get to 30 minutes a day. But here's how I look at it, because I'm a reluctant meditator, too. But I am a willing exerciser, as are you. Mm-hmm. And I exercise when I don't feel like it. If I just went to the gym on the days when I felt like it, that wouldn't happen very often. So in my mind, I remind myself that meditation is like exercise for my brain. Right. And I have to do it whether I feel like it or not. Yeah. And that's what that's what exactly what Emily said. And she says the afternoon one is always the toughest, but you put it on your calendar. And I have a standing four o'clock appointment to meditate and it's on my calendar no one can book over it and my kids roll in the door about 425 so like that puts my butt in the chair and I've done it and um it's (laughs) it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy because I was so resistant (laughs) I feel like a hypocrite (laughs) I I have been very resistant as well what I tried years ago this was my big concession to meditating years ago five mindful breaths sitting on the floor of my closet. And yeah. I could, I rarely got past three. <laughs> it's just so hard when you know you have stuff to do. It, for me, it really has been reframing it as exercise for mm-hmm. my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so true. Just a mental break. Like who could not use just a mental break? And yeah, that's how I look at it too. Like time to give myself a little nap. well Joyce I adore you you know that and I love it love what you've done with Macaroni Kid and I love following Eric's CrossFit ventures on Instagram Um, so I just wish you the best of luck with 99 walks and we're going to help spread the word and and get the moms out there just to feel better man I mean that's that's it we if we all feel better better it's a ripple effect it it really exactly right yeah Well, thank you, dear. Thank you. My pleasure.